0: Oh, forgot how to do it.
1: I like the rant. Ranting is fun, also makes it cleanses the soul. Uh,
0: Detroit is to be one of the best sports cities in the country, if not the best. Sh- surely, Javi can't be as bad this year as he was last year. Sh- surely, that can't be the case
1: one of the worst offenses if not the worst offense like in the modern era of baseball just absolutely atrocious he is a piece of the puzzle he is not the entire puzzle right he's a puzzle piece but he is not the entire puzzle
0: this is the michigan and trumbull podcast with your hosts alex s freeman and luke giaconis Hello and welcome to the Michigan and Trumbull podcast. After long last, I'm Alex Freeman, joined as always by Luke Jaconis. Luke, um, it's it's been a minute uh, since we recorded an episode. Right, right around two months um, since we did a show.
1: It's our normal tropes. It's our normal bits, if you will, of this podcast. It seems every year... Right as the season is winding down, we have the intention and the ideas and the hopes that we will actually be more consistent uploading through the off season. But then life always gets in the way. Work always gets in the way. Travels always get in the way. The holidays get in the way. And before you know it, it's almost midway through December and we haven't recorded an episode since Miggy's farewell. So apologies to the listeners and to the viewers and just to any and all who decide to give the Michigan and Trumble podcast even a second of your time, but the good news is we got lots to talk about today. The off season is underway. The hot stove is heating up. It's percolating. It's hot, 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 and we're going to discuss it all.
0: Yeah, I think to I think to kick things off, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna eat just a little bit of crow. I'm not actually necessarily eating crow because I think that at the time of the trade deadline, what I was saying is let's wait and see. And then we can judge what happened at the trade deadline. I'm obviously talking about the Erod no trade, and now obviously Erod in Arizona has packed his bags, has moved to Arizona, is no longer with the organization, did opt out, um, which I do think that now we can say, officially, I'm now willing to come and say, uh, bad job at the trade deadline, Scott Harris.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, it's 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 funny. Maybe maybe again, time heals all wounds. Obviously, it's a it's a huge blunder by Scott. I we did a whole rant episode of that back in July. I think I took on uh, half of Twitter back in July with my comments about Scott, and it wasn't just the trade deadline, but also just how he he handled his first season and offseason as team president. But I will give my updated thoughts on him later in the show, and they might surprise some people. Um, but yeah, he he blew it. I had a feeling he was always going to blow up. There wasn't anything to me that was th- that enticing to me that E-Rod was going to stay. Because in my mind, I wish we could look at certain players and be like, that guy just loves this city. He loves this town. He loves this team no matter how much money he's sticking around and playing. I never even remotely got that vibe from Eduardo Rodriguez. I'm not saying I thought he was Scrooge McDuck, but like, I didn't. I didn't get this overwhelming sense of positivity that he just loved it here so much that he was going to stay, even though he declined and waived his no trade clause. I hoped I was wrong, but at the end of the day, I mean, he did did what he did. And like I said, when he made that decision back in July, he was well within his rights to waive his no trade clause. He was well within his rights to do what he did in the earlier part of this offseason, and opt out and try to seek a bigger deal from someone else, and he got it. So he didn't do anything wrong. Do I think it's kind of a slimy asshole greaseball move? I do. I do. I said on Twitter, he was well within his rights to opt out. He was well within his rights to decline a trade to the Dodgers, just like I am well within my rights to say I think he's kind of a a douchebag for doing that. I think he screwed over the Tigers. I think the Tigers, from everything that we heard, were very willing to work with him when he had those marital problems Mm -hmm. that were well-documented in 2022. The Tigers said, take as much time as you need. And I think he took the olive branch that they extended to him, he snapped it over his knee, and he shoved it up their ass. And uh, I I think that's what Erod did to the Tigers. I think he will now become a mortal enemy for a lot of the fans in the city of Detroit and rightfully so. He uh he went after the bigger money, the bigger contract, and now he's going to, you know, be booed anytime he's ever back in Detroit for years to come. So, he didn't do anything wrong. He was well within his rights to do what he did. Do I think it's kind of a scummy, sleazy move? Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Um yeah, I think you I think you kind of summed it up there. Now let's uh let's I'm going to some do a summation of the kind of early November first few days after the World Series uh, transactions that occurred um, in there that include things like Erod declaring uh, free agency, declining his player option. Um, Jose Jose Cisnero uh, declared free agency. Matthew Boyd declared free agency. Uh, Miguel Cabrera retired. I don't know if anybody caught that news. Um, <laughs> that Miguel Cabrera retired. Um, Andrew Vasquez outrighted to the minors. Uh, Austin Meadows... Um, removed from the sixty-day IL, and then, um, uh, what what was the actual designation? They, non,
1: they non-tendered him.
0: They non-tendered him. That is correct. Mm-hmm. I was trying to. I've lost. I've lost that thread in the notes. Oh, oh no! I got, you, um,
1: I got you. I got you. I buddy. Well, here's here's what I've got in terms of farewells. Non-tender was Spencer Turnbull, oh. Austin Meadows, Garrett Hill, Brennan Henfi, and Freddie Pacheco. I believe both Hill and Henfi. Uh, I think I'm definitely pronouncing his uh, name last name wrong, have been given invites to spring training. Uh, Zach Short was also placed on waivers and claimed by the Mets, so Zach Short is no longer a Tiger. As you said also, uh, Boyd, gone. Cisnero, gone. Miguel Cabrera, gone. Gone from the Major League Baseball. But I don't know if you saw the news that broke today is playing one more season in the Venezuelan League, which I, I think it. is Incredible. just awesome. It is, it is, I don't know how I saw, I think I stumbled upon it on Tiger's Twitter, but his, uh, son or daughter, one of his kids has been like taking like pictures and videos of him, like post final game of the season. And like, I think it was his daughter who like posted something on Instagram. I don't know, but like, he's like napping in a recliner and he just looks completely conked out. And I think she said, all he's ever done since he's retired is slept the whole time. And he's like, <laughs> he looks like he's just absolutely gone. Uh, so great that Miggy, I mean, you will never, ever be able to take the baseball player out of Miguel Cabrera. I follow him on Instagram. And I feel like every day I still see him like posting videos in like the batting cages, like getting work in and like just swinging it, which is awesome. Um, the only other person I can think too that I believe uh, was not brought back was Tyler Alexander. I believe they cut him loose. As well, in yes. some capacity, yep. I don't he, know was, if he was. Well, he, was, he, was or, he was
0: DFA'd. He was DFA'd. DFA'd. So. Gotcha.
1: Gotcha. Um, so, those are all the people we said goodbye to? For this, unless I'm forgetting anyone.
0: Uh, uh well, uh, not really saying goodbye to, but friend, distant friend of the pod, Nick Solak, refused the minor league assignment from the Detroit Tigers and is currently ah, a yes. free agent in Major League Baseball.
1: Yes, the the man, the man who we never even see, put on the old English. Actually, we are forgetting one person who is no longer affiliated with the Detroit Tigers, maybe not on the field, but off the field. And this is a good segue into our next maybe kind of conversation, and we're jumping around a bit. Matt Shepard, no Shep. longer the play-by-play man for the Detroit Tigers after, I believe, five seasons, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, uh, six seasons, or five and a half, depending on when he took over yeah. for Rod Mario at the end of 18. No longer the voice of the Detroit Tigers, replaced by one Jason Bonetti, um, I mean, one of the best voices in baseball. So an absolute stellar pickup by the Tigers. I know it has absolutely zero effect on the the on-the-field product, but fantastic off-the-field pickup. And I think this this was one of the few times in Tigers' Twitter history that I think everybody was collectively on the same page, being like, goodbye, Matt Shepard. Hell yeah, Jason Benetti. For the record, I did not hate Matt Shepard as much mm-hmm. as other people did. I think he did get better as time went on. But I mean, if you have an opportunity to get a guy like Jason Benetti, you take it, and the Tigers took it, and I'm all for it. Two big thumbs up.
0: Yeah, I agree completely, and I just want to take the take the moment to to kind of tip my cap to Shep um, because I think that he was the voice of the Detroit Tigers during a very difficult time to be the voice of this mm-hmm. franchise. Um, to to try and make very bad baseball interesting to watch, um, is not is not an easy task at all. And I and I and I want to say that I don't think he got he got great help from the players in the booth, with the exception of probably Semo. I think that, um, as much as I love Gibby, Gibby is not an easy broadcast partner. Um, obviously, lots of lots of issues with um uh jack morris jack morris yeah. um you know and and like the the players only broadcasts were fun that they did this past season but obviously like having a a steady and um incredibly talented voice like Benetti is going to be is going to be a huge boon for detroit tigers baseball and and obviously dan dickerson still on the radio so
1: yeah dan dickerson he's he's the absolute man he's the legend yeah think about it real quick not to try to turn this into a sympathy for Matt Shepard podcast, but takes over at the end of 2018, right after fan favorites, Rod and Mario are abruptly ousted from the booth. 2019. the I think they literally
0: threw themselves out of the booth. So
1: (laughs) yeah, that's true. All over, all over, all over a folding chair. Who would have thought, who would have thought folks? Um, Then 2019 has to call the worst Tigers baseball season since the uh, turd pile. That was the 2003 year And then 2020 is COVID 21, a surprisingly fun season, 22, a significant step back. And then 23, which was, you know, this was a pretty somewhat surprising season. You could say at the end of it, you win 78 games, nothing, you know, definitely better than we thought, um, Mm -hmm. to a certain extent. So yeah, I mean, we'll do the best. No, I don't think, I do think he got a uh, kind of unfair shake. I do think some people on Twitter, the majority of people on Twitter were rather unfair, but Hey, life's not fair sometimes. And again, I'll take Jason Benetti over Matt Shepard any day of the week, and twice on Sunday, so I'm all for it.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, other transaction news. Um, let's talk. Let's talk quickly about the surprise extension for AJ Hinch.
1: Yeah, I didn't put that on my notes. Thank you for bringing that up. There's yeah. this has been this has been a semi. Sneaky busy off season for the Tigers. I mean, from Hinch to Benetti to we're going to talk Jim Leland going into the Hall here in a little bit, and then all it's been it's been sneaky busy. Um, maybe not the big Shohei kind of traction, but it's been busy.
0: I think that's maybe why it doesn't feel as busy until you put it all on paper. Um, mm-hmm. is because because obviously the big thing overshadowing this entire off season so far has been the Shohei um, right sweepstakes, and now we've got the um. Yamamoto sweepstakes
1: well um, the Chafin sweepstakes those are over because the Tigers are bringing him back but we'll get to that in a moment but so you, you want to talk about AJ for a second yeah absolutely um this is great this this is great news and I and I will just cover my ass on this one I have never and I don't think most people on Twitter have I have never called for AJ's head To be fired. Mm -hmm. There have been times I've been frustrated with AJ, and my frustrations I will have set up for it, but I will reiterate it again is I do wish sometimes he was more emotional. I do wish sometimes he would get a little bit more fired up and show a spark. Um, There's been times, maybe in the months of April, where I've been a little bit like, How does this keep happening to the Tigers that they cannot win baseball games in the month of April? But outside of those two things that I've complained about, AJ Hinch has done an amazing job Mm -hmm. with this team. And I'm saying he's done an amazing job, and he hasn't even had a 500-winning season yet. He's come close two out of three years, but I think if you just look at the level of talent that he's had to deal with, it's varied from old stars like Miguel Cabrera to young guys like Zach Short and some guys in between. And I'm just impressed with how he conducts himself how he conducts his staff if AJ's sticking around you know that means Chris Federer is not going anywhere which is I think just as big as AJ sticking around mm-hmm. and they didn't disclose the amount of time but they said AJ Scott Harris said AJ Hinch is going to be here for a while which if you've been keeping tabs on recent Tigers managers you had Osmus who made it four years and then you had Ron hire who made it Three, two, three years because COVID, he, he left early at the end of the COVID season. Then AJ came in. So there was potential that, like, oh no, it's year three or four. Is AJ going to mm-hmm. walk? But far from it. He's here for the long haul. I'm excited. um I want AJ Hinch to be the guy who is bringing a World Series championship back to the city of Detroit. Yeah. And I think he is the guy to do it. He is one of the best managers in baseball, he's one of the best minds in baseball. Yeah, he's got a he's got a checkered pass dating back to Houston, but you know what? No one's perfect in life. Um I'm happy. I'm very happy it was a good move. And again, two thumbs up. That's that's my theme this this offseason thus far. It's got my thumbs up on pretty much everything. So what do you think? Yeah, I
0: mean I think one of the things that I liked is the way that they talked about it in that in that Scott Harris wanted AJ to truly feel like he was his guy. Um, is kind of what Scott Harris's motivation was behind putting that out there. And I think that what it does for me as a fan is that it it does give me that... We talked about it the last two years. Is AJ going to leave as soon as the Houston job reopens? As soon as, um, you know, if the Yankees moved and fired Aaron Boone? Like, would he go to one of those places? And this feels more... Like AJ is committed to winning here. He wants to do that. He wants to complete that project that he he signed up for when he when he first signed the contract. Um, and I think that and I think that a lot of the moves that we've seen this offseason so far, um, are the Tigers committing to that project of no, no, we're going to field, uh, a competitive baseball team for a long time that is the goal the goal is to be competitive year in year out to look to that St. Louis Cardinals model that we talked we've talked about so many times um obviously last year was not a good year to use them as an example but um that kind of like we're always in the mix we're always in the conversation um and i think that that a lot of these moves um the the Marcana trade that we haven't talked about yet um the the Chafin signing, even like I think that these are, these are good steady moves that are going to shore up some some issues that are immediate, without leveraging the future, putting them in a position to make some of those moves that can really kind of spark the team. Obviously, we still have an albatross of a shortstop hanging around our neck, but <laughs> uh, there's hope, I guess, is what I'm saying.
1: You know, when I think of AJ. You said it perfectly. He wants to complete the project that he was brought here to complete. AJ's loyalty towards the Tigers is almost what I wish Eduardo Rodriguez had towards the Tigers. Not to be fair, very different situations. AJ Hinch was coming off a year suspension. Eduardo Rodriguez was just pretty much given a shoulder to cry on for three months when he was going through some personal things. Um but to me, I'm, I'm an old school minded person. Sometimes loyalty goes a long way in my book and like seeing AJ who could easily had any other job in the major leagues, mm-hmm. if he wanted to have it stick around in Detroit and say, no, no, this is the place that embraced me when I was down on my ass. Now I'm going to hold up my end of the bargain and keep working to bring championship baseball back to this organization. I mean, how can you not commend that? I mean, that's awesome. And it's, it, it is a sign of loyalty that you don't see much, not only in Major League Baseball, just in all professional sports, much these days. So it's most people are chasing that that those dollar signs, and I don't blame those people. But to get some dollar signs, but also stay you know faithful is pretty awesome. So my hat's off to AJ, I love it, and I, I hope like hell he is the man that that brings a a World Series back to Detroit.
0: Yeah, agree completely. All right, what next? What what what's the next co- transaction we want to talk about?
1: Let's start. Yeah. So let's just now look at, you know, we talked about the people that were uh, Let's, let's kind of real quick. Sorry. I know we're kind of jumping all around here Two I would like to talk about going back to the non-tendered and the tendered contracts. So Tiger's tendered contracts to Casey Mize, Tarek Skubal, Jake Rogers, and Akil Badu. Other than Akil Badu, none of those contracts surprised me in the slightest. You knew, you knew Mize, definitely Skubal, and definitely Rogers will most likely be the starting catcher heading into the season. Um, Well, you know, those were givens. Badu was a little bit uh, surprised by, but not like shocked to death. So yeah, those four guys got contracts.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't, um, I'm a little meh about the, about the Badu kind of either, either way. I don't, I'm not, I'm certainly not shocked that it was offered, but I'm not shocked that it, it was like that they, they, they decided to to kind of commit a little bit more time to the Akil Badu experiment. Um, yeah,
1: it is what it is. I mean, yeah, I think he's he's he should be your backup outfielder, you know, yeah. and that's that's what it should be. He's got heading into the season. season he's, he's speedy on the bases.
0: Yeah, he, like he's he's a great pinch run option to have in there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, he's yeah, fine fine let's, guy to keep on the roster.
1: Let's talk about the Tigers non tendering Austin Meadows. And Spencer Turnbull. Now let's let's talk Austin Meadows for a second. And um, we have talked about this so much at length. You can go back and listen to any of our episodes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Both Alex and myself, like most people who have a soul and a conscience, uh, supported Austin Meadows as he has battled and continues to battle some pretty horrible demons. And we talked about it a few months ago that at a certain point in time, this is a business and the Tigers are going to have to make a business decision. And they did that worth noting. They have not fully closed the door on Austin Meadows. Um, I believe there was some comments. I'm paraphrasing a bit saying, you know, you never know what happens down the road. Mm -hmm. If he ever finds himself back in baseball, you know, he would be welcomed in Detroit. um, Something to that extent. I'm sure I'm kind of screwing up a little bit, but you wish Austin Meadows the best. It beyond words sucks. For one of him is a human being because his mental health is such a real thing nowadays, and it's very sad to see someone go through that someone who's young, someone who had what appeared to be a very promising major league baseball career when that trade first happened, we were all just beyond jazz that we we got yeah. Austin meadows um from a uh from an analysis standpoint and a baseball standpoint, it is the final exclamation point that the Tigers, once again, just got hosed on a deal um, yep. with the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, maybe, I know there's the rumors that maybe the Rays knew something the Tigers didn't. Maybe they didn't know anything. Who knows? We'll never know. But, yeah, it was just, it was shitty all around. It's shitty for him as a human being. It's shitty for us as fans of the Tigers. Yeah, uh, never got to see a guy who you thought would have a lot of potential. And in return, you gave away Isak Paredes, who's had a nice little stay in Tampa these last two seasons. So, is what it is. I'm not so much worried about the baseball side. More of him as a human. I wish him well. Wish him the best. And uh it just sucks, man. It's terrible. Mental health, it's brutal.
0: I agree. Couldn't have said it better myself there, Luke.
1: Turnbull. What do you think about Turnbull? He's no longer a tiger.
0: It's it's disappointing to be sure. Um because obviously, I was uh preseason saying uh Spencer Turnbull would have a better year than uh, Justin Verlander that turned out to be not true um <laughs> only by a little bit statistically i think um but i i think what it signals to me is that there there is loyalty and then there is not just loyalty for loyalty's sake um more so than than the Austin Meadows situation cuz i think that um they they truly did everything that they could do um and then the the time for a business decision was made i think there there is a past version of this detroit tigers organization that would have stuck around with spencer turnbull um and said like hey you threw that no hitter for us the fans like love you uh we could go through all these things but like instead saying you you were a great piece." A great moment in our past um but it is time to move to our new future and clear up some roster space uh for for either arms of the future um that maybe are coming up from the minor leagues or some some yet to be named offseason acquisition to the to the starting rotation so it was time it was time um and is part of the the positive signals that i have felt coming out of this tigers organization this offseason
1: i agree it it stinks because it's seen at one point in time that his ceiling was fairly high i still think they probably killed him in 2019 uh that probably did his arms his arm no favor i think he went like three and 17 or three and 19 or something It was terrible i mean it was a brutal year and they they just they killed him um 2021, obviously, highlight of his tenure as a Detroit Tiger, tossing that no-hitter in Seattle. And then, you know, battled injuries all of last year, had the Tommy John, and only pitched a couple games this season, maybe five or six, and did not look good. There was all these – there was rumors that he was hurt, he wasn't hurt, he was holding out, he was frustrated. It's, look, it's all he said, she said. At the end of the day, I agree with you. The Tigers, I think, the old Tigers, the Alavula Tigers – would have kept him around, yep. uh, which you know probably wouldn't have been the best situation. Just based off reports that have been going out, so they move on from Spence. You wish him well. You wish him the best. Hope he lands another team. And um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think. I'm not saying he, he would have as high of a ceiling as a Michael Fulmer, but I, I see him as a Michael Fulmer down the road in some capacity. Not that Michael Fulmer's had this like incredibly, you know, Mariano Rivera type resurgence as a back end eighth or ninth inning guy but definitely has you know rejuvenated his career uh to a certain extent i know he got hurt but i could see that for spence's future um being an eighth or a ninth inning guy I mean, he throws the ball hard if he can control it that was his issue when he came back up and started those games in april and may this year he's had no control he wasn't he had he had nothing so i like spencer turnbull one hell of a memory in 2021 uh, probably one of the coolest Tiger memories I've had in recent seasons. Getting to watch that and staying up late, and uh, yeah, it was cool. Uh, but wishing the best.
0: I too remember that moment because I was absolutely, definitely not asleep when it
1: happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think uh, I think the only person I was talking to at that point was uh, resident Ace fan Tom Souls via text, and they were very cryptic texts because you know you don't, be, don't want to be the guy when, that it's, talks about it. when it's my guys. Throwing, you know, no hitters combined, no hitters, perfect games, whatever. I don't, I, I don't want to do anything. But if it's teams I hate, I have no problem being like, hey, everyone, just you know, the Yankees are throwing a perfect game going into the ninth inning right now. It's Garrett Cole, Channel Two Seventy Two, for all you wondering at home.
0: You're just shouting it out your window.
1: <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> I am like an old carnival barker. Uh let's see here. We've talked negative, so let's go into some – we've talked subtractions. Let's talk some additions. So, I mean, there's really been one, two, three this offseason. I will say this. The Tigers did pick up Carson Kelly's option, so he's going to make $3.5 million here. He'll most likely, I'm assuming, be our backup catcher for Jake Rogers, which I'm fine with. I think Carson Kelly was a perfectly fine backup yeah. catcher the last month and a half of the season. I got no issues with this. It's Catching markets then, so – is what it is. Uh, most recently, Andrew Chafin is back on a one-year, $4.75 million deal. I like this move a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, gives Tyler Holton some left, uh, some lefty companionship in the bullpen. And I saw a really funny tweet. I should have screenshot it so I could have read it. But it was like, um, uh, Tigers get Andrew Chafin. He declines his trade. The Diamondbacks uh, designate or put Holton on waivers. Holton signs the Tigers. Chafin goes to the Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks don't pick up Chafin's option or whatever. Now he's back with the Tigers. And it was just okay. like those two are like intertwined in some like alternate universe. But yeah, I'm happy with Andrew Chafin being back. Um, pretty solid. He's time.
0: A, with a team option for 25. So if the year goes well, yep. then you got around team. him around for back.
1: Yeah, Absolutely. Um, speaking of pitching, I think this is a pretty big one. Tigers have signed Kenta Maeda to a two year, $24 million deal. I like this move a lot. I think it brings a much needed veteran presence into this rotation, especially with the departure of Eduardo Rodriguez. And I think for two years, $24 million, a pretty reasonable price. Maeda at this point is a solid probably four or five in his career, but I am much much happier with them bringing in a Kenta maeda than mm-hmm. I am going in them going in and bringing in another one year wonder, another Jose Urania, yep. another Tyson Ross, another Matt Moore. You know, list goes on and on. So I, I'm, I'm cool with a Kenta maeda two year deal. I like that. I like that move. Yeah, a, le-
0: lot. a legitimate starter as opposed to an innings eater. um mm-hmm. As guys like scoobal mature as we get um, Casey Mize back, like those types of guys who, who are supposed to be the front end of this rotation. Um, It's not going to go still kind of a young guy in his career guy coming off of Tommy John surgery, bullpen day, bullpen day, bullpen day. Um, Mm -hmm. There's some real, there's now, now a little bit of meat in the rotation that doesn't have to come from the, the quote unquote, not so young anymore, young talent.
1: Well, I would say this, Usually most people panic when it's bullpen days, but as we witnessed last year at the Detroit Tigers, they almost pitched well when it was a bullpen day. So maybe maybe that's what they should just do. They should go Mize, School Bowl Manning, Maeda, Bullpen Day. That's their that's their, their four man rotation and always a bullpen day. Don't do that, please. Please go out and sign on our starter. That was that was bad comedy. Bad sarcasm, please. We need another. I mean,
0: is a, this is this is a, a topic for another day, but I I do often wonder when I'm watching a bullpen day and the guys are talking about how like you know it's it's usually easier to hit a guy the second or third time you see him. I'm like, why doesn't every team just always
1: change their day? pitcher every yeah. every
0: three innings? Why don't we just yeah. have guys go three innings if it's yeah. so much harder to hit them the first the first or second time through the order?
1: Fair, fair, that's fair. Um, yeah, I like that. And Tigers have an interesting. I know we'll talk about this in a later episode. They've got a very interesting with the rotation because you're getting Mize back. Scoville looked beyond words dominant coming back mm-hmm. from injury in the second half. Matt Manning, God bless him. If a paper bag hits him in the face, he breaks his foot somehow. Um, so I, you know, I can't put too much stock in him because he's Mr. Glass. And then you got. You know, a Sawyer Gibson-Long, who was pretty impressive last year. You got Reese Olson yep. who was very impressive last year. I'm sorry. I, I, I wish the man no ill will. I don't ever need to see Joey Wentz throw a baseball ever again as a Detroit Tiger. He was given ample opportunities, and he sucked at them all uh, last season. So as far as I'm concerned, Joey Wentz could be gone, and I wouldn't care less. I could care less. But, um, yeah, I think the Maeda signing, though, for real, is great because it brings a much-needed veteran presence mm-hmm. to – this rotation, I think Scott Harris told an interesting story when he was talking with former major league pitchers who have now, you know, become big names in whatever capacity, you know, he's asked them, what was like, what was one of the big keys? What was the one of the big factors for you that kind of that, that switch flip that like turned you into the pitch you are now. And he said, nine times out of 10, a lot of these pitchers, he was talking to they're like, I had a really good, you know, mentor with whatever veteran was on their one year deal nearing retirement talking things mm-hmm. over with me as I was, you know, trying to become an up and coming pitcher and whatnot. So I think, I think Maeda will, will be a big help in that regard. I'm excited to have him. And also, and especially, especially you think about like, the Tigers.
0: Yeah. With, yeah, exactly. But like with Kenta Maeda, like you, you know, what, do, what do these guys need in a mentor is probably somebody that can talk them through a division race, like how to win a division. Um mm-hmm. And Kenta Maeda has experienced that uh and can talk them through how to win the central division. Um Yeah. Which, which, a of which yeah, way too early, and we'll, maybe we'll talk about this in a few minutes, <laughs> possible for the Tigers next year. But anyways.
1: That should be their goal. I'm not going to bury yeah. the lead. That should be your goal. It's enough of this horse shit of, oh, we're just kind of trying. No, 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 no. It's the worst division in baseball. Cleveland sucks. The White Sox suck. The Royals suck. The Tigers, I won't say suck, but I'll say they're a mediocre middling team right now. And the Twins are just Okay.
0: You, you did, did not improve your time. roster in a way that signaled you wanted to win the division last year, and you you were not out of the race for a very long time in the season. So
1: yeah, they meant like the last two weeks, <laughs> week and a half. Like it's time. Like now, you don't need to go out and sign Shohei. You don't need to make a big splash like that, but put a couple pieces on the on on the field that can elevate you to win the American League Central. It is not that hard. High end, you got to win probably. 85 games, 84, 85 games, maybe, yeah. if that, if that, you know, the Twins, I think, I know they won more towards the talent, but the Twins aren't a very good baseball team, in my opinion, still. So, is what it is. But, um, and then I think, you know, the biggest trade they made, and it was their first big splash of the offseason, was bringing in Mark Canna. So, uh, I like that move, too. Yeah. I like that move. I Again, bringing in a veteran, a veteran to kind of help out in the outfield, fairly reliable. Um, You know, with Miggy gone, the Tigers are now drastically missing that veteran leadership. And you bring in a guy like a Mark Canna, a Kenta Maeda, Mm -hmm. you do have Javi Baez on your team, whether that's good or bad, who really knows. Um, But, you know, with Erod gone, Miggy gone especially, you've definitely lost that that kind of veteran leadership. So it's going to be weird, but these guys who are just being in on their first year, especially Maeda and Canna, you know, they're going to be looked to as these leaders, the kind of veteran leaders to kind of, you know, help some of these young guys along, which I'm all for.
0: Yeah. I mean, the Tigers are in an interesting spot because like a lot of the the new veteran, like I, mm, who who is the longest tenured Tiger right now?
1: Yeah, I was thinking about that. I mean, it would probably date back to the 2019 or 2020 season because Cisnero was Cisnero was around for a while. Alexander wasn't around for a while. Yep. Um I'm just trying to think real quick. I honestly it might be Jake Rogers, because he debuted in twenty nineteen.
0: Yeah. So so I mean when you think about it, like that's you go from a guy who had been around for twenty plus years.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um and even like those guys aren't long tenured in major league baseball. They're Jake Jake Rogers, the longest tenured Tiger. Mm-hmm. Has been around Major League Baseball for five seasons. It'll be five seasons. If I.
1: Well, yeah. not, not even. No, you, you are right. Yeah, because he was gone. Yes, he was gone. Seasons. Yeah. He didn't, he, he didn't play at all in 2020 and he was hurt all of 2022. So he has played two and a half full seasons of Major League Baseball. And yes, he is has to be the longest t- tenured Tiger currently, correct?
0: So you you have this unique opportunity for culture change. And this isn't me saying that Miggy was the problem with the culture, um, because I don't, I don't think that's true. Don't, don't write me letters Um, that you have guys who are not long set in their ways. And so then you can bring in this veteran leadership of guys who, who, you know, not like, their hands aren't dripping with World Series rings or anything, but they've been part of winning organizations. They've played winning baseball. They, they understand the the day-to-day grind of what that takes and can start to set the tone because those, those are the guys that these guys are going to be looking to, to say, what do we do here? Um, yep. How do we get through this? And so so it is a unique opportunity for culture change that, that hasn't presented itself as of yet in the A.J. Hinch era. And I'm excited to to kind of see what the, the result of the alchemy is.
1: Yeah, it's it's look, now is the time now is the time for the Tarek Scubles and the Matt Mannings and the Spencer Torkelsons and the Riley Greens, the Jake Rogers to take this team by the horns and just go full steam ahead. Mm-hmm. Miggy, we love the guy. It was his team for what was he there? He was played 20 seasons in the major was So he was there for what, 14, 15 years, something like that, maybe a little bit yep. more. Don't know don't know the math at the top of my head. But yeah, it was Miggy's team for all those years. It's no longer his team. Um, so it's time. Someone else has to step up and take the mantle. I'm not saying they're going to be the next Miguel Cabrera, but someone's just got to step into that leadership role now, too. And I see Torque. Torque is what I think. I'm not just saying that because he led the team in home runs and all that stuff. He just he has that ability. Uh, I feel like to be that leader, and I think he he grew a lot in in his mm-hmm. last season, and I think it was a welcomed a welcomed uh, growth spurt at that. But uh, yeah, it, it'll be interesting. There's there's a lot of room for some guys to step up and take that leadership role. Now they just got to do it.
0: Has Torque purchased a new first baseman Smith? That's the real question.
1: I don't know. He's not going to be. A, he can't play a season. Miguel Cabrera stole his. He doesn't he will have see much. him in small claims court. <laughs> Judge Judy.
0: I imagine uh, he probably quick. sell that mitt. Uh, yeah, for, and afford for, right. afford another first baseman's glove. <laughs> he
1: got to, he got to form another first baseman's glove for every fan who was in attendance that last game. Yeah. Uh, transitioning to more off the field Tigers news. The legendary Jim Leland yep. is going to the Hall of Fame. Just awesome. Just fantastic. When you think of Tigers baseball and the renaissance that it had in the mid 2000s to early 2010s, it is impossible to do it, not to, to, to think about it, without thinking of uh, Jim Leland. He is just, just the best. Just the nice. best. Brought that team from the Ashes. And God, it sucks they never won with him. You know, and you could sit with that team, but man, just in general, what a manager, what a personality. I always talk a lot about like those old school, like character managers. He was a character. He had that personality, him, the Bobby Coxes, the Lou Pinellas. You just were never going to get that kind of breed of manager ever again. And uh, the Joe Tories, you know, and it sucks. It sucks. But uh, Jim Leland could not have happened to a more deserving and worthy candidate, in my opinion, Welcome to Cooperstown, Jim. Just a legend. Mr. Leland, hats off to him.
0: Yeah. Couldn't have said it better myself, Luke. Um was ecstatic when I saw that news. Um mm-hmm. I mean it It goes to show that it's it's been, you know, more than my lifetime since the Tigers have won a World Series, but it it felt the closest to the Tigers winning the World Series. Yeah. <laughs> as I felt in a long time. Uh just to because obviously, obviously, like that's that's the period when both of us fell in love with this team um, Mm -hmm. as well. Um, And so to, to kind of have that, that piece of our own personal history um, now going to, now going to Cooperstown is, is, is just great news all around. Um, Very excited for Jim.
1: Yeah, it's great, you know, and uh, yeah, he's a legend. That's all you can say. He's an absolute legend. Um, I want to talk real quick, just about Scott Harris overall. I want to get your thoughts on this off season and then we can kind of transition to just some other moves around the league. I'll kick it to you first. Overall thoughts thus far of Scott Harris's second offseason as team president for the Tigers. Happy, not happy. What do you want to see? Where are you at at this moment in time?
0: Yeah, I definitely am happy um, about about where things are, how things are going, Um, I think with some of these moves, I they don't necessarily feel so groundbreaking and so like, oh, he really did need to take a year before he did something like this Um, in terms of like roster overhaul. uh, I think a lot of these things we. Anyone who's been around baseball, like could have could have probably should have been able to make this maneuvering. So I do think that there's, there's an element of my assessment of this off season that is like, I don't know why you couldn't have done this last off season and made these types of obviously like these specific players not available in that moment, but maybe set these up. Maybe if he had set these things up, maybe Erod is more enticed to stay. And suddenly we have, uh, we're, a year two years ahead of where we're going to be now um but all that being said he did what he did last offseason he's doing what he's doing now this offseason i'm happy to see these moves i i have enjoyed what is happening i'm still waiting for the big splashy one i i feel like there's I don't even know like in the market who I think that's going to be, who's the who's the big signing that is going to make me go, "Yes, there it is. Now we can now we're ready to roll." And that person might not exist in this in this market. Um but that's I I guess I'm 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 happy, but I'm not ecstatic.
1: That's very fair. That's an incredibly fair assessment and reaction to his his moves thus far i agree i think you brought up a great point i look at this offseason's um kind of recap of of moves and i do ask myself why couldn't this have happened last offseason um if you remember my one big critique with him was just do something just mm-hmm. do something. Like, bring you would have brought in Mark Canna last season. I would have said, yeah, cool. Like that. That shows me that you are actively trying to improve, which was a historically bad league offense the year prior. So that was one of my biggest gripes with Scott Harris. And I that's well documented that I don't think he had a great first year overall as president. I understand the team was improved record wise. They were definitely more competitive the second half of the season. Had a really good month of September, but overall, I just wasn't. I wasn't willing to throw him a parade quite as much as everybody else was, it seems. This season, this year's worth of moves, I'm I'm impressed. I'm pleased with what he's doing. I think he's still got work to be done. If we're going in to that first game, first series of the season at the end of March, early April, and this is what we've got, I'm not going to be happy. Mm-hmm. But considering the fact that we've still got over three months to we're at opening day, I like where we're at right now i agree i don't know who the big splashy and flashy signing is going to be i don't think it's going to be this season but in lieu of that if he can go out there and sign one or two more quality arms and another Mm -hmm. offensive bat to kind of help pad this this lineup i'll be content i will be happy that's what i wanted last season and i feel like now that i'm seeing what he's done this far i almost wish i could have been like going back to like the summertime when I was really getting shit for my Scott Harris takes, I almost wish I could be like, you see what he's doing now? That's what I wanted him to do a year yeah. ago. Like I didn't expect him last off season. I always said that I didn't accept him to go out and get Aaron judge. That was never on my mind, but just something, something, you know, he, he caught lightning in a bottle a little bit with like an Andy Abanez. That's great. But Andy Abanez is not going to make or break your chances of winning the AL central. He's just not. So in lieu of that, who does he go out and get? Tyler Nevin. Like, come on, dude. Like, those were the little things that I was like, this is why I'm not just like head over heels with this guy. But what he's done this offseason in 2023, I've really enjoyed. Again, he's got a lot more work to do to win me over completely. If we go into this uh, upcoming season with this roster, what it is today is our current roster, I'm not going to be happy because we still, in my opinion, need a third baseman, a second baseman, another arm or two would be great, and probably an outfielder of some capacity. But uh, right now, as it stands with Maeda and Chafin and Mark Canna and cutting the guys loose that he cut loose and extending A.J. Hinch, I'm happy. I, yeah. two, two, right now, two thumbs up for Scott Harris this offseason, more work to be done. But as it currently stands on December 12th, Luke Chaconis is approving of what Scott Harris is doing this offseason. And that is pretty much the biggest praise you can get. So.
0: Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> Alright, let's okay, let's talk about it. Let's talk about Shohei to the Dodgers. For those for those that are listening that are only here for the Tigers news, this is probably the end of the Tigers news if you want to dip out now. But we're gonna talk about Shohei because it I mean, what a what a deal.
1: What a deal indeed. Man.
0: First of all seven hundred million. Gonna be one of the lowest paid players in the league. Um
1: Yeah. Well, it's actually it's, funny. It's funny because he – I think it was Ben Verlander who tweeted out. He was saying that there's two camps of people right now who are like, this is bad for baseball because it's just showing that, uh, you know, any team can throw out any obscene amount of money and if money talks, the players will walk kind of thing. And then there's a whole other camp of people being like, Well, the fact that he's deferring payments and only getting paid this and he's going to catch all these tax breaks eventually, blah, 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 is terrible, and he shouldn't be doing that either. So it's like, well, folks, you can't have one way or the other. I will say this. My personal opinion, this is a worst-case scenario for me. I really did not want him to go to a team like the Dodgers or the Yankees. The Dodgers, the Yankees, and re-signing with the LA Angels were the three things I did not want to happen. I was 100% game for Shohei Otani, going to the Toronto Blue Jays or the San Francisco Giants. Selfishly, I'm in the midst of planning a weekend trip to Toronto at the end of the summer to maybe see the Tigers play. I was hoping I'd get to see Shohei Otane play at the Rogers Center next July, but that will not be happening. I'll have to go back out to L.A., which I'm not that upset about. we got friends out there. Um, so that's my, that's my one thing. I'm like, it just sucks that he went to the Dodgers. And I was telling this to Tom, actually. Resident an A's fan, Tom Soles, yesterday. The one thing that sucks right now about the Dodgers is there are a lot of players individually on that team that I like. Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts, Mm -hmm. now Shohei Otane. And it's like these players that I genuinely like and enjoy watching are just playing for a team that I don't like. Um, I mean, my disdain for the Dodgers is not as much as I have for the Yankees. Um but it's just, it's just, it's that icky feeling of like, I hate the fact that anytime, no matter who the star is, no matter what level of money is being thrown out, you can always guarantee on like the Yankees and the Dodgers always being involved in some sort of capacity. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, so over that, but it's the nature of the game and it just sucked, but it is what it is. Shohei's, Shohei's a, a $700 millionaire. He's a millionaire.
0: I um, I think my favorite part of the, reporting on it was that, like, obviously Steve Cohen, who owns the Mets, has the money. And uh, they were like, no, nobody ever reached out to us. Like, the Mets were (laughs) just like never in the conversation, despite the fact that Steve Cohen could write a $700 million check for one year if he really wanted to. Um, I mean,
1: Illich could do it too if he really – I mean, all these owners have money, maybe outside with the exception of Oakland. All of these owners have money. So if they wanted to spend $700 million to bring in Shohei Otani or a number somewhere around that price range, they could do it. I think the last time we checked, isn't the Illich Holdings Company valued at like, isn't it like $3.1 billion or something like that? Or am I am I overshooting that?
0: Um, let me Hang on. I'm, I'm pulling up an article for you right now. I mean, John Fisher is the 13th richest owner in Major League Baseball. Um the owner of the Oakland Athletics.
1: Yeah. Uh, the Illich uh,
0: family, Illich family, uh Chris Illich is worth so, two point four billion per Yeah,
1: and it says Marianne Illich ranks eighth on Forbes list of richest self-made women list. So Marianne is worth four billion. So let's just put it this way the Illich has got a lot of money. <laughs> if they wanted to if they wanted to throw out a big price tag, uh, they could do it. But you know, they're not doing it, and, and that's that. So um Yeah, yeah, just, you know, it is what it is. Shohei, Shohei, hey, in terms of of, uh, business mindset, he's doing the right thing by deferring his payments because the big rumor is by the time his contract's done, he'll probably move out of California and go back, you know, uh, to Japan or wherever, and then he will not have to deal with California taxes. So (laughs) whoever his guy is, smart. Smart, smart, smart. Yeah, I mean, just, <laughs> just
0: an incredibly structured deal uh, because also you think like, okay, he's going to make $2 million, which, which I know sounds like a lot of money to all of us, but considering the amount of money that Shohei is going to spend on body maintenance during those 10 years, yeah. like LeBron James, who I Correct. would right pair Shohei Otani to, spends a million dollars a year on body maintenance. And so... That's eating up a lot of that deal, but the endorsement deals I think will get Shohei through the lean times of this deal to get to sixty-eight million dollars a year for for ten years after the deal's. Ended.
1: I think I saw. I think I saw a tweet today that said this upcoming season, Ken Griffey Jr. and Chris Davis of the Baltimore Orioles will both make more money this season than Shohei Ohtani. <laughs> I mean when you say that out loud Well Andrew is making
0: twice as much money as
1: True True As Shohei. As Shohei playing yeah. baseball. I mean when you think of the Griffey and the Davis one, you do think to yourself, Yeah, when you hear that out loud, you go, especially Griffey man. I mean it's been a while <laughs> since he's been around. Yeah, but for God's sakes, we still we're still celebrating Bobby Bonilla Day for like what, another eight years or something like that? So some of these contracts are just insanely dumb and stupid and you just roll your eyes and you're like Shohei's, Shohei's making $700 million. Meanwhile, you're like, all right, so I got this week my car payment due, rent's due in a couple weeks, student loans. Cool. If I don't eat for a few nights, I should be able to get all those taken care of. Awesome. So yeah, he's uh hey, he's, he's a once in a lifetime talent and I wish him, I wish him well. If Shohei Otani stays healthy, and performs at the level he does. It's good for baseball. I could give a shit about the Dodgers, honestly. But for the sport of baseball, him being healthy is a good thing. Um, yeah, I just yeah, it just sucks. It's always the Dodgers and the Yankees. It's always the Dodgers and the Yankees. And speaking of the Yankees, it's not like they're much better. They now got Juan Soto. Yep. Juan Soto traded to the New York Yankees. And also, outfielder Alex Verdugo from the Red Sox. Now, obviously not as big of a name as a Juan Soto, but still... Pretty big overall. You. You're back. Okay, you're good. Yeah, still pretty good overall. So I mean, it's just one of these things where the fact that it's always these same teams, and the one thing that's been interesting about the Juan Soto deal is that what some 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 criticism I've seen drawn from that is the Yankees traded away. Oh God. 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 <laughs> I thought you were like getting new headphones or something, or I don't know. I but it got. You disgust me. You disgust me. <laughs> the only Yankee swag I, hear, I have is that very, very comfortable shirt we got at the game we went to last May, and I do wear that. I don't even wear it out in public usually. I usually try to wear it in the comforts of my home because I don't want to be known as a Yankee fan. But the funny thing with the the, the the Soto thing, going back to that, is a lot of people are saying that the Yankees grossly overpaid. What will most likely or could potentially end up being a one year rental for Juan Soto. So. If Soto walks at the end of next season and the Yankees don't win and they gave up all those guys to get him just for a season, that's a pretty big blunder on their part. I'll ask you this question early on. Aaron Boone is still here. We we both thought, and you thought especially, he would be gone after the end of the season. Do the Yankees, and I know there's a long way to go this offseason, are the Yankees the front runner win the AL East?
0: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I I think that once you add Juan Soto to that roster, it it still like baffles me that they didn't win last year. That they like the the lineup was not bad. Um, no, it's a good lineup. I mean, you got it just played terribly for some reason. Um, I think most of that reason is Aaron Boone. But yeah, I mean, I I I, I add Juan Soto to that roster, and like, yeah, like obviously. Yep, like they have to be the favorite to win the AL East.
1: Yeah, I think they still got some pitching woes they got to figure out. But like I said, it's still three and a half months till opening day, so they got they they got time to to figure all that out. But yeah, it's interesting. I mean, again, it's it's not even interesting; it's just annoying. the The big market teams always are in on the action. Um, But let's not let's not play coy here. You know, the Tigers pretend they're not this big market team. This was a team back in the day who was throwing out big money to Miguel Cabrera, and they were getting Prince Fielder, and they had a Verlander and a Scherzer, and I mean even just a couple seasons ago. They brought in Eduardo Rodriguez and Javier Baez. Like mm-hmm. they 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 have the ability to throw out money. Just sometimes Chris Illich, not sometimes, a lot of the times Chris Illich just keeps his balls in a little shriveled up wallet somewhere. And you know, it is what it is. The man doesn't want to spend any money. So, look, they weren't into the for, you know, so, Soto or Shohei, but maybe one day. Maybe one day they'll be back in that that kind of that limelight.
0: Yeah, we can dare to dream. And we'll be here to talk real quick.
1: Time. Yeah, real quick, just going through some other quick things. Uh, Cardinals signed Sonny Gray, Lance Lynn, and Kyle Gibson. So they're definitely kind of bolstering up their pitching. Craig Kimber went to the O's. Eugenio Suarez was traded to the Arizona Diamondbacks. The Phillies re-signed Aaron Nola, seven years, one hundred and seventy-two million. And shout out to former Tiger, uh, who I think we all enjoyed for the most part overall. He waved from time to time, but we look back I and mean, I think we we give him a thumbs up. The Candy Man, Jamer Candelario, three years, forty-five million dollars to the Cincinnati Reds. Jamer got a nice little payday and uh, happy form. Happy form. So yeah, that's. That's kind of what I've got for now. I'm sure you know. Do some more down the road, but uh, yeah, it been, been been a busy month and a half for Tigers, you know, since the off season and uh, since you know beginning of November, especially. So, let's see more to come.
0: More to come. Um, I'd say when we'll when we'll see everybody again. But I, you know, I'm going to stop making promises we can't keep. Uh, we'll see at some point this off season, folks. It'll it's definitely be in the new year at this point. Happy holidays to everybody. Yes. And we'll see you hopefully in January, maybe February, but sometime in the rest of this offseason. Luke, have a good one.
1: See you, buddy.